West and with me as always, I'm happy to have Luca. Hello. And Moose. Hello. And we have got a jam-packed show for you today. There's a lot of news. It's almost as if the last three months it was like a seasonal choice to say we're not going to talk about games all that much. And then as soon as spring hit, everyone's got everything to talk about. So we're going to try to get to some of the smaller stories, but we have a whopper of a story up front with the latest controversy surrounding a game called Six Days in Fallujah. And I think I just mispronounced it, so my apologies to the Fallujah people. Um, this game was originally, if you've heard of it before, you're like, wait, didn't that game come out already? No, it never did. It was originally going to, uh, it was announced to come out around 2009. So this is like a console generation and a half ago. But it was uh, pretty much lambasted and attacked left and right to the point where Konami dropped ever producing the game. And then uh, eventually that caused the studio to fold. And now the guys come back under another studio. Uh, Viscral, I believe it's called. I'll have to look that up again. Victura. Victura. Okay. Um, Victura. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, we're gonna, Again, there's a lot of to cover about it. But um, my small piece I'm going to say before I hand it off to Moose, who's done a lot of extensive research on it, it's been interesting for me to see both sides of the story unfold as it's revisited. Because um, IGN, to pick on them, for instance, they got to have it both ways. They got to have like a, hey, here's a first look at this new game coming out kind of article. Not like that they were praising it, but it kind of, like they got to get all the clicks from like, check out this Six Days in Fallujah game. And because there was no kind of agenda or particular opinion laced in that article, it was more of a, hey, check it out. You get to see uh, just an honest, like, take on the game in his trailer in the comments. In the comments of that, to where they just said, hey, check it out, it was people mainly talking about, it'll be cool to see a game that, shows how hard it was to be a soldier in the Iraq war and the challenges of that particular war prone, you know? But then IGN yeah. has another article to where they're like, oh, this game is so bad and here's the million reasons why kind of thing. And then that comment section, very different. And that it's like very much attacking um, the soldiers that went through the war and like the war itself. And there's all these other things we can go into politically and criminally of, criminally of whether the war was legal or not but we're not going to go into all that today we're going to be discussing the merits of the game some of the publicity around it and whether or not the game should be happening or not so i'm going to hand it off to moose now so we can got dive a little deeper yeah um so six days in fallujah it is about the second battle of fallujah which was in Iraq in 2004. Um, And the intent with the game is to make a game about the complexity of urban combat, specifically clearing different buildings. Um, Not knowing the layout is a very big thing. Um, And working with a squad to navigate through this sort of a maze uh, with, with no expectation of, what could be ahead. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea about the game design, right? That's what the game designer wants you to experience. He wants you to experience urban combat in a tactical and serious and pretty intense situation. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't call of duty where you're running and gunning, right? You move slow because you're wearing a body, body armor and you have ammo and you have a team, and the guns have actual recoil instead of just tickling your shoulder. So it's 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 designed to be a very serious and intense and authentic experience. Um, just before we get into the controversy, uh, developer Peter uh, 
Tomte, I'm going to say. T-A-M-T-E. Someone probably knows how to pronounce that, but I don't. So I'm just going to say Tomta. And I know someone who knows how it's pronounced is freaking out right now. Um, he, he gave a quote, and, and this, is, this is big. Keep this in mind for just about everything else that I, that I talk about. He said, The only thing that I fear is that fundamentally, when we cut through everything, people's objection here to six days in Fallujah is more of an objection to the Iraq War. Boy, oh boy. So there's, there's a ton of uh, games journalists and games websites that immediately came out and uh, gave their two cents all, all over the place. Um, West already mentioned IGN. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, IGN has, <laughs> they, they, they have, they have some, some statements. There's also some from PC Gamer, from Kotaku, um, and then Poly- Polygon as well. So I'm, I'm going to be picking up. I have a lot of quotes from these. Uh, Luca, did you have something? No, I, I want to make sure Polygon didn't left, uh, get left out because they had uh, uh, some whoppers, but go on. Yeah, I might not have the whoppers that you have. So if you have those quotes, absolutely bring them out. Um, so I'll, I'll start with uh, PC Gamer because it's the shortest thing. I, I didn't go through the whole article, but the, the headline is pretty indicative of, of the slant they're providing. Um, PC Gamer says, six days in Fallujah gameplay video looks a lot like Call of Duty. Um, so what was really bold about this is that they made that the title of the article, and then they had the audacity to actually include the gameplay trailer. I think they were hoping people just wouldn't watch the gameplay trailer. Um, so if Call of Duty is super slow-paced and it's about squad combat, tactical gameplay, and it's nothing like Call of Duty, then yes, it does look like Call of Duty. Watch the gameplay trailer for six days in Fallujah for yourself. If, if you think this is what COD is like, you either haven't played Call of Duty or your perception of video games is, is um, atypical, I'll say. Um, I'm going to be honest. I get the impression that that headline is written by a journalist that mostly plays Animal Crossing and, like, maybe Rocket League. <laughs> hey, I, and I actually I, I looked into Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 and looked at how a lot of games journalists were talking about that game to see to see where the difference was. Um, and believe it or not, a lot of the reviews said, I absolutely hate this game, but it's really fun and I love to play it. But, but I really, I'm not a fan of it, but it's, it's a good game, right? So it would not be surprising at all for it to be games journalists who do not like shooter games as a genre. Um, and, and like, that's what it is. So, so PC Gamer comes out and says that if you watch the gameplay footage for yourself, it, it's kind of obvious that they're just, they're just getting in a hit, you know, which, yeah. uh, whatever. Peter Tomta, of course, he is fairly, fairly smart in keeping an even head in all of this. Uh, he said in an interview with Polygon, Call of Duty is a sport. And if somebody made a sport out of the killing of my son, I'd be pretty upset. Our job now is to show people that we're not making Call of Duty. So, PC Gamer, regardless of what you think Call of Duty looks like, that is antithetical to the design vision that they have in approaching this. Whether or not they uh, complete that design vision appropriately, you know, that can be debated. So, here's where we get into some other stuff. Um, IGN, right, uh, they have an article um, talking about this. They say, Highwire Games, which is the uh, game studio that is developing um, Six Days in Fallujah, Highwire Games, they say, is a Western studio, and at least in appearances, doesn't seem to have much Iraqi representation in its ranks or doesn't care to put that representation forward to lend itself authenticity. So the claim here is that high-wire games, they don't have Iraqi representation, and they're not going to be authentic. If you go to the About page for Six Days in Fallujah, which is uh, just sixdays.com slash FAQ, or you can do the sixdays.com slash Y, um, both tell you that they're interviewing people who are actually in the events. So this includes over 100 Marines and soldiers, um, over two dozen Iraqis, 23 of whom are from Fallujah. And they also mention that they've interviewed um, everybody from, let's see here, uh, from a corporal kicking down doors to a deputy prime minister of Iraq. So they're not just making stuff up. The idea that they don't have representation in their studio is a quick jab to say, that the people in the studio 
don't have the experience, even though um, Highwire Games says the game is conceived by someone who was in the Battle of Fallujah and was wounded in the Battle of Fallujah. So even that claim is kind of dubious at best. Um, but they're interviewing people. They're interviewing them for the purpose of authenticity. And the note of authenticity comes up a few times from what Peter Tomta says in his interview with Polygon. Um, so IGN right away is trying to put some serious spin on where this game is coming from in development. Um, I, I'd like to yeah. point out that you don't even have to go to the website to know that they interviewed Iraq, uh, like Iraqi citizens and, and people who were like Iraqi citizens who were there at the time. You can get that from the trailer. All you have to do is watch the trailer and they include two Iraqi citizens who were there talking about being there. So, and, and my understanding is they're getting this interview through an Iraqi journalist who, um, for safety reasons, is trying to remain anonymous. The citizens who yeah. are being interviewed are trying to re remain anonymous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point. The trailer. I mean, seriously, if you're confused about this game, if you don't know where this game is coming from, watch the trailer and then read these articles and weigh the two. Because the trailer is fantastic, and I think, I think it does a great job. Um, back to IGN, this time uh, quoting Anita Sarkeesian. Anita Sarkeesian says, Where are the stories about Arabs living their lives, loving sports, mastering a musical instrument, falling in love, finding comfort in their religious or spiritual faith, rebelling against their parents, cooking with their grandparents? Where are the stories that show the very wide array of cultures and countries that we lump into the word Arab? I have an answer for you, Anita. It is not in a game about the Second Battle of Fallujah, because the game is about the Second Battle of Fallujah. Now, also, if you're confused why about has this comparison, why has Anita Sarkeesian not made that game herself? It sounds like, like yeah, a pretty fun she game. Wants to she, she's she's proposing that there's a demand for this game, so she hey, should would, build a team of Arab developers and make it happen. I know she can fundraise. Like Games I'm, are I'm not joking. Opportunity. And people can go back stories. in other podcasts and know that I have said with great excitement of what like certain advancement in the internet will bring with stuff like Starlink is that we will get to see hopefully more video games from other regions instead of the Japanese market and then the Western market of video games. So like yeah, so if she wants these games that, that badly, why is she not building teams in whatever funding ways possible to get these games out now. Why is she looking to the six days in Fallujah devs to do the video game on the Arab team rebelling against her parents? You know, there's ooh, a market ooh. for those kind of games. I mean, she's and, basically looking at them to make a game that is explicitly not the game they're looking to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. And, and like, I'm not against those games being made. But you will not find those stories in a game about the Second Battle of Fallujah. If you don't understand this, think of the game Verdun. Verdun is about the Battle of Verdun in World War I. In Verdun, you do not tour Paris with your family, or work on a farm, or bake cakes. That would be interesting DLC, because not gonna lie. it's about Verdun. That's why it's called Verdun, actually. And you'll notice that it's hidden in the title. It's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> so there's the answer there. Um, IGN quotes Verdun again. Farming Simulator. Um, Peter, Peter Tomta has said a lot of times that they're not looking to make politics about this, right? They don't want to make the game a political statement. Now, there's a, they, um, they followed up a, like a, a month after this interview saying they understand that the game is tied to politics, and people say that that's them kind of stepping back. Saying that uh, something is tied to politics and saying that they don't want to make something political, it's two different things, right? Well, well, you can yeah, recognize they, that something is political. Of and not make it about politics. They, so I want to clarify that. Yeah, well, I wanted to mention, too, they kind of tripped over themselves because um, this is kind of smushing two events into one in that the thing they got in trouble for initially back in 2009 is that they tried to say, we're, like, we're not trying to make a game about politics. And then now, like, when you look on the website and some of the statements, like, they've talked um, kind of just what you said of, like, they understand it's a, that it's a political game. Um my thing is that this is just a case of, like, a game dev not being a good publicist, not knowing the kind of words and phrases you can and can't say around games like this. Because this kind of triggered, like, a lot of people to be angry about it. Of Like, how can you make a war game that's not about politics, you know? Yeah, so, I, I, I would agree with that. 
because but I mean, as like, he could have carefully said, is that I'm not trying to make a game about the war in Iraq or whether or not it was right or wrong. I'm just trying to make a game about events that took place, not whether those events should or shouldn't have, just that they took place and what it was like. Yeah, I, I, like absolutely. If absolutely. if you if you're out there and you're like sort of for whatever reason, sort of having an issue sort of wrapping your head around this, where it's, he's, he's saying, like, yeah, I understand that it's related to politics, but I'm not trying to be political. Imagine a game about uh, being, like, a, uh, a bootlegger, right? Like, running um, alcohol over the border during Prohibition. You could make a game about that and not take a hard stance about, you know, not be like, I'm an ANCAP and all government regulation of alcohol is wrong, right? And it's the same here. Just because there is politics involved does not mean he needs to take political position. Right. But go of on course, with yeah, other things. I, IGN, IGN capitalized on this. Oh, I have a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm touching. I'm touching where I think needs to be touched. Gotcha. Um, IGN go ahead, goes ahead and quotes Anita Sarkeesian on this. It's not political. Is used primarily by creators who are resistant to calls for a more representative video game landscape. Here's the problem with this, IGN and Anita. Do you, are you asking for more diversity in the second battle of Fallujah? Like, I do you want the stories told authentically? Because you say you say the representation um, um, doesn't care enough to put that representation forward to lend itself to authenticity. So obviously, authenticity matters. But here you're saying that you need more representation. The answer is it doesn't apply. It's it's a complete aside used to attack the notion that you can somehow make something not about politics, even though it is politically connected right i i think i think that's what it is i think they're just trying to attack the idea that that he doesn't want to talk about politics and they're going to capitalize on that by saying oh we don't want to talk about politics well here's how other people use it it's More... it's completely out of the blue and uh, just just a, a shameful attack on the on the game it, it, it doesn't relate to what they're talking about at all it doesn't support any kind of argument that they're making it's a short little sentence aside used to attack his claim more specifically they want the game to talk about their politics. They want it done their way. This is them telling a painter, no, no, don't use these colors, use my colors. And uh, that's where I kind of get defensive for any game dev. Now, we've talked about some things in the past of like, you know, some, just on all counts, is a stupid game idea. Like, you can't gamify a school shooting, for instance. We've talked about that game that tried to make play out of school shootings and it was a very very poor effort and for the most part we're like yeah no like Steam's private company so they can take it down but also if you release this you're, you're gonna get the bad reviews that you deserve because it looks like a shit game um now what's funny about this is that, you know have you have a new Sarkeesian and others kind of making an opportunity out of this and we've talked about them more, but we hadn't even talked about the person that kicked all this off. And that is going to be Osama Dorius. He is actually the lead game dev for Gotham Knights. He um, started the petition to have this game just outright banned. And that fight is still ongoing now. It's not like it's settled. Um, these people are publishing the game on their own, so really it's going to come down to Steam and others not publishing it. But they're also petitioning for, like, actual governments around the world to ban this game from ever being released. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a bit much. My stance on it is, and then Moose, I'm sure you have even more to go into, but my stance on it is uh, that the game should be released and then we should be free to rightfully condemn it if it sucks or not, or like see for ourselves how well they do things. And I have some commentary on some aspects of the game where are valid criticisms. But before I get into all that, um, Moose, what more more did you have? I just wanted to highlight that this started from like this isn't even like Anita Sakizan's ball game. Like no one asked her for the most part, right? but she's coming in and then having her input, which I wouldn't even say is the most helpful. I've actually seen, um, for lack of better, like like just categorizing, um, Arab um, Twitch streamers and stuff give more 
com- more better and direct commentary on this issue. Uh, and so I don't even know why New Sarkeesian is like taking this opportunity, you know? Now, I, I, I cannot confirm whether or not IGN interviewed her or got her statements specifically for this game and for this instance, mm-hmm. or whether or not they were pulling previous things that she said about video games and applying it here. So I cannot it, confirm. It, okay, it okay. Came fairly out fair enough. Good she point. said about Twitter, or, or said on Twitter, rather. Yeah, they, they, they could be something, uh, they, they could be related to this specific game or not. The, regardless, how IGN is quoting her in their article is... Uh, it's 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 dissonant from what six days in Fallujah is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So so remember when Peter Tomta said, "I fear that the objection here is to the Iraq War and not really to the game." Um, Kotaku has one, not one. I'm sorry, two articles um, that basically prove his point. Um, so so one quote talking about the interview, um, and Polygon isn't quite out. <laughs> Polygon isn't quite out yet, uh, says he then goes on to, talking about Peter Tomta's interview, he then goes on to dodge questions about the U.S. military's use of white phosphorus in the battle, essentially a war crime, isn't interested, quote-unquote, in addressing the fact that the U.S. invaded Iraq after lying to the world about WMW, WWEs, <laughs> WMDs, um, and when asked about the choice to depict the city suffering in such detail, says almost all the outrage I've heard are from people who are not in Fallujah. I think we live in a culture where blah, 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 uh, the, those those first two points are are pretty big takeaways. Um, but but mm-hmm. there's another a different article from Kotaku. The trailer doesn't mention accounts of indiscriminate gunfire by the U.S. military either, or that it reportedly used white phosphorus in the attack, a chemical that literally melts through your body. The total number of deaths since the invasion of Iraq began is disputed, but the Iraq Body Count Project currently estimates 288,000 people have died, the majority being civilians. And reporters who covered the war have documented the litany of excuses from the U.S. government defending these deaths as anything but war crimes. Am I talking about a game anymore? Yeah, see, that's the, the problem is that they're, the wanting, no. they're wanting this game to be yet another... Um, I mean, because unfortunately games now are mediums or battlefields in which a culture war is waged. And uh, since someone said Fallujah... Um, they're like, well, now's the time. Let's go to war. And uh, let's. W- this is where we stand to determine whether or not the Iraq war was right or not. And as I said earlier, the devs have made it very clear that they're not trying to set out to make a game that determines whether or not we should have invaded in Iraq. He's just talking mm-hmm. about what it was like for the soldiers that were called on to go there. Yeah, Not uh, that they should well, have been there or not. That what it was like when they were there. It's as simple as that. I am more than happy to see other developers spend their time making the game that they want, that they feel should be covering these things of white phosphorus and what it was like. Like I was talking to Luca before, um, like show us the game of what it's like for the family to have to escape Fallujah. As the U.S. Uh, well, soldiers well, well. are kicking in doors left and right, I don't even You're care. Out of yourself there. I don't even care if they um, want to go over the top in like depicting U.S. soldiers as like like they do um, Nazis in freaking uh, the Wolfenstein games. You know, like let's mm-hmm. say they just freaking make U.S. soldiers almost foaming in the mouth. You know what? That's your video game to make. That's your interpretation. You're probably going to get some heat from people about it. But I feel that you are free in America to design that game. Absolutely. You're, you're reading ahead on the script um, just, just a little bit. We don't <laughs> oh. actually have a script. It's just uh, West mentioned something that I'm going to touch on, which is... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go on, go on, go on. This whole thing. No, no, it's okay. Well, so, like, for the record, Moose has read way more articles on this, so he's way more prepared. I just have, I'm, I'm running off of thoughts here, so sorry that I touched yeah, on something. Yeah, yeah. Go on. So, so to, to quote um, the developer, we're not trying to make a political commentary about whether or not the war itself was a good or a bad idea. Quote from the developer, you can believe him, you cannot, but, but his intent is out there. Um, on, on the use of white phosphorus, because this came up, obviously, in those two articles, and it came up in actually most of the articles that I read mentioned the use of white Very phosphorus. Yeah. He says, I have two concerns with including phosphorus as a weapon. Number one is that it's not part of the stories that these guys told us. Okay, so he's referring here to 
the Marines in the Battle of Fallujah that he interviewed. Mm-hmm. Every scenario in the game, you play what they describe. You do not play, they are not making up fantasy scenarios. They have people who are actually in the battle telling them what happened, and they are turning that into a combat scenario in the game, okay? And he continues, so I don't have an authentic, factual basis on which to tell that, that being the use of white phosphorus. That's most important. Number two is, I don't want sensational types of things to distract from the parts of that experience. So he's pretty clear on why he doesn't include certain things. And he has said that you will see how policymakers and their choices influence the choices that a Marine needs to make on the battlefield. So he's not even saying, oh, we're not going to talk about politics at all. That's just not the focus. Um, that's not enough, apparently. Um, so, so that was one thing that was very, very interesting to me. Additionally, um, Polygon, in their interview, you know, very creatively inserts areas to try and detract, hoping maybe that you don't remember certain quotes he says. Um, and what about the people of Fallujah? Once known as the city of mosques, this is a quote from the Polygon article, Fallujah had more than 60 of its 200 historic structures destroyed in the fighting. Tens of thousands of people fled the city, many never to return. Lives were lost and communities were shattered forever. What is Tom to say to those outraged that their suffering is being put into this game? You can see how rhetorically that is, that is uh, hyping up for a certain kind of response. Um, the quote that they put is the same quote that Kotaku used. Um, almost all the outrage I've heard is from people who are not in Fallujah. Right? They, they follow up with that quote. But then notice this line that Polygon says further down in that same article. Their stories, they're talking about um, Iraqis living in Fallujah during the time of the second of the Battle of Fallujah, will give the game its parallel storyline where players will take on the role of a father trying to lead his family to safety. That family story will overlap with U.S. forces in the game. So, so is it like a one-off actually, or is it like it's we not follow the it story of the same game? It is a parallel storyline as you were playing as different Marines in different parts of Fallujah during the battle of Fallujah, the second battle of Fallujah. So they'll kind of take turns also, between missions. It's not like a that's, one that's level. What it, that's what it sounds like to me. Okay. Yes. So it's yeah, not a see, one that's, level. That's interesting because there were other articles in which they Either they did not understand that, or they purposefully attempted to minimize. Are you saying they didn't um, mention it the same way the devs didn't mention well, phosphorus? The way the way it was meant, and most articles I read didn't mention this at all. But the ones where they did, it was like, well, at least one level you'll take the perspective of someone trying to escape the city, and then they just move on, right? Yeah, which is yeah. way underselling that angle. The, mm-hmm. There will be times, and and. The developers have specified, when you're playing this, your objective is to get out. You know, you're not going to be allowed to pick up weapons. You're not going to be allowed to play as an insurgent, treating the people that they interviewed with respect. Obviously, people died in Fallujah. It's not, it's not a pretty thing. They don't want players picking up guns and playing as terrorists. That's not the objective of the game, right? Yeah. But they do have, in the game, exactly what you were talking about, West. You play as a father trying to lead his family to safety during the Second Battle of Fallujah. That is represented in this game. That viewpoint, that story is told in this game. It's there. Mm-hmm. It really just I, I sounds mean, like mean, journalists and the like don't want this game to be made unless it says exactly what they want to be said. And uh, that's a bit authoritarian to me. When you, you look at it from the me? when you look at it through the lens of like what art is allowed to be made. Because games are art. It, well, yeah, and and I mean, you kind of alluded that earlier with um, I believe the metaphor you used was they're trying to tell a painter uh, to paint with their colors, right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna pull a quote real quick. Now, the guy who um did this interview for Polygon, right? Uh, a guy called Charlie Hall. Now, in this article, he he says um. Uh, where is it? Uh, basically, he says that you know, like him, you know, trying not to like take sides or be political, or whatever. He says, uh, is the kind of dodge that we've heard from game makers many times before, most recently from Ubisoft in the lead up to Tom Clancy's The Division 2. 
right? And he links to another article also written by him about this. And in that article, he goes on to say, um, uh, basically, uh, recently in Far Cry 5, or I'm sorry, I should start a little bit earlier. In many of its military-themed games, developer Ubisoft has made a point to pull storylines from potentially real-world events. Recently, with Far Cry 5, it went a step further by poking at modern-day domestic tensions, both social and political, over gun culture and religious extremism. But ultimately, the game refused to take a side. It prodded audiences with controversy, but was ultimately toothless, right? And so he's criticizing the game for not taking a side. And yet, it seems to me that a lot of the issue that that journalists have taken with this game, with Six Days, right, is they at least perceive it to be, like, quote-unquote, glorifying uh, the American invasion of Iraq. Or, or, you know, that, that seems to be the claim they're making. So it, it, the implication seems to be, we want you to take a side, but it can't be the side we don't side on. Right, which I think just goes to further illustrate what you were saying about they're asking painters to paint only in their colors, you know. Yeah, because it goes um, further from like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, you use whatever colors you want, it's fine, and then you're like well, giving them like death threats suddenly whenever you start to use different colors because it really it, it's not about rarely is it about oh well, they didn't pick a side no really deep down it's because they didn't pick your side. Exactly. And it's again, not in America, you're more than you. free to make those games of your side. Like, just do it. Like, in this, and honestly, they're going to lose a lot of their footing on this stuff because sometimes I've heard, because this has been an ongoing debate for over a decade now, of like, well, we can't get the funding for it, da 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 da, da. Like, this dev was successfully shut down by these people in the past and they turned it around and made it to where they can bring it back. So the same way that they were able to turn around any person who wants to make a certain game that they may feel not have like the popularity to get funding or this and that, you know, or it's just kind of too risque to start off with, like make it happen for one. We also live in a time of of GoFundMe's and um, Indiegogo, whatever the place was called. Uh, oh, Kickstarter, that's the best one. Um, <laughs> I, was, I know Indigo is not the best one. Like, in that age, like, I can't, I can't imagine some of these things of, like, what Justin Nee Sarkeesian was talking about. Like, where is the story of this and that and this and that? She should package all of that in the top of a Kickstarter campaign and then sit back and watch the start, money actually. roll. What's up? Yeah, I believe she got her start. From from kickstarting this uh, feminist game critique project, like mm-hmm. through Kickstarter, so she's she's familiar with it. Yeah. So like again, and I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh my god, I can't believe they're making a game that freaking shows the Iraqi side of things. Like, no, I'm like, it's gonna be interesting to see how they pull this off. What kind of game can I show they're gonna have? Is it gonna be dialogue based? Is it gonna be more of like a the click your own adventure like story kind of stuff that you see. Oh, what's that game called? It's the one with the teenage girls and uh you know are you, are you thinking of this war of mine? No, 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 not this war of mine. But yeah, they that they, they could do stuff like this war of mine. But you get what I'm saying. Like it's not gonna be your traditional FPS or battle royale on all that stuff. They're gonna have to use certain mechanics that have proven to be marketably successful. Um, So, like, again, I'm all for these games that New Sarkeesian mentioned, like, where's this and where's that? Make them. Go to Kickstarter. Take that blurb, put it at the top, and then collect the money. And then make the game, please. Stop telling other devs how to spend their life telling your story. You should tell your story. Isn't that what we want these people to be able to tell their own stories and have it instead of having to go through the lens of other people? Like, these are um, f- former Halo Bungie devs. These aren't just, like, random people. Like, they're, they're good devs that have taken the time to do these interviews and learn what these soldiers went through and civilians went through in Fallujah. But yeah. they're making a, a military game. 
they're not making a Fallujah life sim. If you want to make a Fallujah life sim or a Syria sim, like what Syrian civil war was like, do it. It's going to be, I, I would say it's going to be way more impactful than these FPS games where it's point, click, and shoot and kill. But they should not be stooping to this point of like banning other games from coming out. Like that's just so bizarre to me. Like have they lost the concept of what America is about? And now they're trying to get world governments to stop to step in and stop this game. Come on. Now there's I, I just have a few more things before I finish up. Uh, unless Luca, you had something to jump in with. No, I I might have a couple more uh, things I want to point out when you get wrapped up. But there there'll be odds and ends. So go on. Yeah. Yeah. So, the developers, like you mentioned, some of them are for Bungie, um, some of them are veterans. Um, they have on their on their six dayscom slash white page, they have uh, this this little line, which I think speaks to their understanding that they knew they were going to encounter this problem again, since it's their second time trying to make this game, um, you know, get, and, and get it made. Mm-hmm. Redundant. Anyways, they say, but. Just because this war was controversial doesn't mean it wasn't filled with remarkable stories of sacrifice and courage. It has, however, stopped many of these stories from being told. They, they knew what they were doing, right? The developers understood they were going to fight backlash for this. And they want the stories of sacrifice and courage to be told. That is their objective. Um, obviously, they're getting backlash. Very obviously, very obviously. Um, Peter Tomta says, again, perhaps playing the game will make them, that is, players, curious, and they'll want to learn more about all the things that have happened in Fallujah since the 2004 battle, and that will lead them to their own conclusions from doing the research. But right now, simply ignoring the battle is not going to cause them to think about all of its consequences. So this is another point that he's making where he's saying, hey, if you want people to know about what happened, we have the interviews with the people who were involved. And it's not like those are being withheld. Those are meshed into the gameplay experience. You, um, I, either you see the interview segments in the game or you hear voiceover of the interview segments in the game. There, it's, it's not like, oh, just trust us, just trust us. No, they have the people. It is integrated into the gameplay experience. This is going to educate people about what happened. If he says he's not playing politics, they should be thankful. He's providing with a with a slate of here is what happened. He is letting people come to their own conclusions. Is that not what you want? As Wes pointed out, it doesn't sound like that's what they want. It sounds like they want their side, their story represented, their politics to come through in this game. That's simply not the goal. Finally, Kotaku and its infinite wisdom. Six days in Fallujah is a shooter because that's what sells, but no one else has to help them do it. There's so many things with the sentence. Um, first of all, Six Days in Fallujah is a shooter because it is a game about U.S. Marines breaching and clearing houses in the Second Battle of Fallujah. They did not do I that mean, there's no with angle. silly string or splatoon paintball guns okay. or anything like that. There's no they angle you can make it a guns. dating sim. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like kick down the, the door and find your criticisms. wife. The like, number of criticisms that are are entirely deflected by just restating what the game is about is ridiculous. But so, go on. I mean, so, so I am kind of interested in six dates in Fallujah now. Oh god. Okay. Hey, DLC. You know, that it kind of has a ring to it. Anyway, six dates in Fallujah. Um, so they say it's a shooter because that's what sells. It, that's wrong. And then the ambiguous wording here, but no one else has to help them do it. I assume they, I assume they mean, but no one else has to help them sell copies. Um, which sounds like they're calling for a boycott, pretty, pretty obviously. Which is funny because most of the issues that they have with the game is with the Iraq War, tying back to what Peter Thompson said. I, I mean, as when I originally saw this story. I was worried because there have been a lot of distasteful games handle topics distastefully. Now, they're allowed to. I am all for people making games that are distasteful. They're not going to sell very well. People are going to find them distasteful. Wonderful, right? Uh, There was a game, I think, in 2016, Hatred, maybe 2013, maybe a a little bit earlier, where you just murder people. That's the game. Mm -hmm. 
tons of bad press about that, right? I think that's very distasteful. I was not going to play that. I was not going to read articles about it. I was not going to watch dev interviews about it. I was not going to watch people play it. That's distasteful. So when I saw this, I was like, six days in Fallujah. Oh, goodness. What is this about, right? Yeah. Watch the trailer. Go to the website. Decide for yourself. I mean, honestly, just watch the trailer. It's, six, it's like six and a half minutes long. After watching it, I had never felt so confident that a game company was going to develop a game with authenticity. Because despite IGN saying they don't have Iraqi people in the studio, they did reach out and interview not just people who were born in Iraq, but people who were in Fallujah. They interviewed the Marines. They did the work. They mapped it out. I, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like crushing to look out at a, a modern game journalist landscape and see stuff that varies from um, not related to the game, a complete critical misunderstanding of what games are and what they do, uh, misinformation at best, like saying it looks a lot like Call of Duty and then proceeds to show you something that does not look a lot like Call of Duty. Um, And then just like really clearly malevolent presentation of of quotes and ideas and and really trying to make it look as bad as possible. Um, But, you know, I I think the developers are competent. Like Wes said, they might not be the best at... (laughs) choosing words for the press. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were obviously expecting to have a lot of problems, and I think they're keeping a level head on this. But only time will tell if it's actually a good game, because at the end of the day, they can handle the game great. And if it sucks, it's going to be a bad game. That's that's the important thing. I did want to bring up some of the things that I see as them pretty much giving layups for easy criticism. Um, first things first, the motion of the game seems a little blocky. It seems like a game that was made to release in 2009. Um, also, some of the language that they use, it's like, come on, someone's going to criticize you for that. Cause they, uh, at one point they say like easily give commands to breach or do this and this. And it's like, okay, mm, you know, it shouldn't be easy to breach an Iraqi family's home. And just go blasting like, and one of the times, yes, there is an insurgent in like the clip they show, but it the fact still remains that you just gave a command to light up with what seems to be infinite ammo this Iraqi home with mm. no idea of what's on the other side. Like there hasn't been a breach to identify if there's family members or not. So my point uh, is I, like it, they're they're gonna people are gonna pick on that stuff as I'm picking on it now. And then the other thing is the procedural generation of it. That feels a little icky to me because on one point they're talking about real-life events that happened, but how can it be procedural generation, but also they're telling a real-life a, a real event? Because I, I, have a, I, I, have, I have feedback to that concern. Um, they are being told these stories, but the landscape of what Fallujah looks like is very different than it did before the battle and mm-hmm. after the battle, right? Because it was a massive battle and a lot of stuff got destroyed. Um, additionally, they're being told stories, not necessarily being shown like pictures of the events. So a lot of the, it, it, would, it would seem, based on how the trailer presents the information, that when you're playing, it's like we walk down this alley, right? Okay, so we have to have an alley for this mission. And to the right, there was a road. Okay, so we have to have a road. And if you watch the procedural generation of the maps, um, you notice that things change in chunks, not individually. The foundations of the buildings remain the same. It's the buildings themselves that yeah, the, seem the, randomly generated. The layout and the features are random. So, so you'll notice actually in one show where but they're kind then of that comes down the procedural to generation, the families. There's, a, there's like a water tower that never changes, right? But then it comes so down to the families the that are in those houses is randomly generated. Yes. Well, yeah, but yeah. you notice it's like... But, def- but, but the, the idea that the, the story is less authentic because the designs of the buildings were different, 
I don't think that that is a, a holistic way to approach the the issue. Well, I, 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 I would think they would garner more that... respect if they did take the time. I get it. The difference is like, look, it's kind of hard to recreate an exact point by point case of like what happened in this house because a we don't have pictures and b the house was demolished in the war so we can't like go back and do it like picture uh, like point by point perfection of it but you they already have the assets right like they can drop the assets and then from there i just don't like look procedurally generate some of the outline the outline stuff around it but like the point by point missions they need to have it to where, like, okay, we're telling the story of Sergeant whoever, whoever, and here's what it was like. It should be a more curated, chosen, like, specific retelling of the story and not, like, enter this procedurally generated room now that never was in reality. I can see where yeah, people... Yeah, but you, you have to look at why they're doing that, right? Because, okay, the stories that they're getting from the ones we see in the trailer, it's like, okay, we went down the alley, blah, blah, blah. But an aspect that is routinely emphasized is that breach into the unknown, right? And I think that is what they are trying to replicate by having the building's layouts be, uh, like, change uh, every time you replay so that you, every time you play... Uh, a level you that experience of the soldier is trying to be emulated where you're not going to know exactly like yeah sure you know the general size of the house and, you know is it one two three stories or whatever you can see that but i think what they're trying to replicate is that authentic experience of the soldier where you're going to go through this door right and you do not know what's on the other side i and get so that. i i do get what you mean but i think in there, there's an argument to be had that it gives it replayability. Yes, I get um, that. But here's the thing, though. Because, um, again, I, I'm i painfully centrist, and people hate me for it. <laughs> I got to consider the other side, and it, it does feel a lot more. Imp- it's the impersonal versus replayability. And, like, we're talking about war where civilians died, and... Let's oh we gotta make it replayable instead of telling the personal stories. We gotta you know like 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 there is a fine well, more fine they can, line they can we do can both. like hell make oh, God no see because I'm trying yeah, to think of like a way to do it more so for the uh, the devs, but then it sounds arcadey, you know, like of yeah. like, maybe have one mode to where it is procedural and then the rest, but then it's like you can't just have a shoot 'em up where the targets are Iraqis, you know. Well, you could have, for instance, you could have it be that there's a main campaign where everything's really laid out, and then there's a co-op mode that's more procedural, right? But I, I, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm trying to make the argument that on some level, they are trying to help you better relate to the human experience of the person who's having to breach, right? Um, and so I, I do get kind of what you mean about, like, uh, people may be criticizing it for the impersonal nature of you know everything being random, but from the perspective of of the soldier who they're trying to help you relate to, it is an unknown environment. So, I I don't know. I, I think I think there's, I don't think it was a decision made out of laziness where it was like, oh well, we don't want to bother uh, hand making all these maps. I think it was a decision made with a logic behind it, and so it becomes a discussion. Not of, well, you know, this was lazy and you should have done it like this, but rather, was that the right decision to make? And I think there's an argument either way, you know? I think it'll be interesting to see, because we have to see this game come out, I feel. And I hope yeah. the game coming out encourages other people to tell the side of the story in their way. Um, because we want, I mean, if we want diversity in games, as a lot of people call for, um, this is one of those topics, like, I think you're more, you, you have all the permission in the world for me to make these games, you know? Uh, but yeah. you shouldn't have to have my permission, just go make the game. But this, these devs shouldn't have to have permission from anyone else either. Can't stress that enough. Now, the word. To, to know if it's truly, like, if, like, to know that these devs are being fair and balanced with this, we have to see more of what this aspect of is the family trying to escape Fallujah. Um, we, 
that needs to be like fully fleshed out. It should not feel like a mini game whatsoever. Um, and I I do get the impression that doesn't seem to be what they're trying to do. It, it seems like I certainly hope it's just not feel like a mini game. But, I, I but their trailer their trailer like didn't do the mini justice. In, in in a lot of ways, this is why. The, yeah, the this is what I mean by this segment of like gameplay. they didn't do themselves many favors with using words like easily give commands to breach this Iraqi family's home, and then um. And then they show just a blip of a family in a home. And then the two interviews they show of Iraqis, it's more about, like, stubbornness of the Iraqi people leaving. Like why they were still there. It's yeah. like, um, you think Americans are just going to up and leave when we get invaded someday? No. But we're not going to be like, oh, Americans are so stubborn. It's like, no, they're going to want to be there in their home. Like, maybe their home, they hope that, like, Maybe they're not there to put up a fight. They're not there to be insurgents. They just don't want to leave their home because it's their home. But, yeah, so now, we'll, I, we'll see. Because my thing is to point this to, like, like the school shooter game. That guy was just trying to be Edgy McEdgerson. I want to know if these devs are just trying to be edgy. Because in some ways, I feel uh, like that's my... Not, that's not what they've stated, though. That's not they, what they've they, stated, but people can smirk and be like, Oh, man, we're gonna make this edgy game, but we're gonna act like it's the we're trying to tell the they, story. They went the hardest like the possible Greens. route to be. Edgy. Yeah, they, well, like I, I, well, I would. Well, argue my thing that is this though. Remember when this game came out? Like the Battle of Fallujah was what two thousand four, two thousand five. Two thousand four. They tried to put this out in two thousand nine. Uh, this would now, be now like trying to put I out a game about nine eleven in two thousand four. The story that the story that I heard from the devs was that actual people from the battle after coming home said oh dude you should make a game about this that i experienced that they were actually approached to make it now i'm not saying every single person who fought in fallujah went to the devs and said hey you should make this game for us right Mm -hmm. obviously that's not the case um but it was conceived by someone who fought in the battle a veteran of that battle who was wounded in that battle so i want to i want to push back on the idea that they saw this happen and said, big money time, let's go. <laughs> if they did, they would not be trying to start it up again however many years, 15 years later, you know? Is that the it, it would be a hell of a passion. 11 years later. A, it would be a, a hell of a passion attempt to ride some edge, you know, like to be <laughs> edgy. It's like, you know what? No, this, this, like, this shit post, it's been like, you know, a decade or, what yeah 12 years almost you know like a, a decade and two years right and i'm still pushing for it. it's like no no one's gonna put in that much effort to be edgy you know my ban expires well, in two my point years. being oh my god my point being though is that i feel even after all what we discussed the game should be released in its original intention and like not cut to please these people or those people and then I will highlight the Kickstarters that come from the people who want to make games that go against this or tell a part of the story that they feel wasn't covered. Yeah, that's that's my stance on that. And so before we wrap up our podcast, we want to talk about some of the lighter things in gaming. Um, Because it it really has been a jam-packed week. Like I said, it's been... um, It's like for three months, it was been slow news weeks every week, and everyone's like, okay, now we're going to do gaming industry stuff. But you were about to yeah, say something? This Luca? one week. I was going to say, before we move on entirely, I do want to say, uh, like I said to Moose earlier, I have a couple more odds and ends from articles that uh, we read that I think would be interesting to bring up. But we'll be doing a post-show sort of uh, thing. It'll be the first episode. Yes, I for, think Wes will talk the, about it at the end the of the Patreon, podcast. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. We'll, we'll get into that in a bit. So for now, we're going to go ahead and segue into the smaller bits of news. Um for one, this actually isn't news, but it was news to Luca, so I just want to mention it. Uh, Luca just now found out today that the head of Nintendo is Bowser, so I thought that was hilarious. I'm, I'm sorry, what? You didn't know this either, <laughs> Moose? Hold oh, up, just no. I, I don't know if you're telling a joke. No, no. the guy, no. This, do, chat, let me know if I'm crazy. But um, unless the they've made a change, the, the head of Nintendo... Is like Paul Bowser, Doug, Doug Bowser, or Bowser. Something. yeah, Doug yeah. Bowser, yeah. Oh my, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just okay. saying, just letting you know, we're living in a simulation because that's the only way possible that Doug Bowser is head of Nintendo. 
Now, wow. um, so that was news to Luca today, but not really news for much anyone else. Um, but I'm we behind ca- the curve. We got a little bit of the GameStop news, and uh, you know they had an earnings call, and it's weird because like depending on how widely you read the news on this, you either got nothing but positive news for like the GameStop stocks crowd of like they're going to expand into uh, PC gaming and stuff. And then other news was like pretty much like the board of directors is dissolving in some ways or another. And I'm like, okay, so what's going on at GameStop? Because Reggie from Nintendo, he was on board of directors, and now he's leaving. So I don't know what that means exactly. But uh, mostly the news here is uh, GameStop will be expanding into PC gaming. I have some thoughts on what they could do, because as we've known, anyone who's listened to this podcast in the past, even though no one's asked me from GameStop execs and all, I got ideas. Everything (laughs) ranging from bad pizza party ideas for game watches to uh, now, I think they should actually have PC building workshops at GameStop. If they're going to be getting into PC gaming, that would be my idea now of what can make it more community-based. Because that'd just be something awesome to be able to have a place to go and build PCs together with people. I mean, yeah, and... Not just that, but again, like, and I know this sounds incredibly petty, but I, I feel like there are some people who are a little too um, nervous to build a PC, and I'm not one of them. My PC was built by me, uh, but I feel like there are I, people I swear, that guys. would feel so much more comfortable uh, building one if, if when if they messed it up, they wouldn't have to feel like it was just their fault, you know. Yeah, it yeah. was the guy like, looking over their shoulder that didn't let him know. Stopped me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I hope but that the, they turn into idea. that. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it's too unreasonable. You definitely need some some good support and 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 systems in place so that people don't just screw up their thing and then sue GameStop. <laughs> yeah, well, you it's have like to sign of a waiver. Like Microsoft stores in. will have lessons on like things you can do with Microsoft and Apple will have lessons on stuff like Final Cut and everything, and. GameStop, if they had just all they need is like one person on that team to be able to be there, and it's like you can set an appointment or whatever, or just even say like, hey, between this time and this time, we're just gonna have a guy available. By guy, I mean girl or guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, the that, genderless just, guy. Yeah, just have a a, a dude with a no guy gender. With a gender neutral one. Um, just being ready to help out with uh, any questions about PC building, and you can. Bring your stuff in. They have a tool set there that you can use. Like, that'd be awesome at GameStop. And I really, 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 really hope that they invest in doing that. Because that, honestly, will flip things on its head. It will get more people coming into GameStop, um, I think, by a long shot. And it'll help bring the console and PC cultures together. Because then it'll be more about, hey, man, we're all just trying to game. Instead of, I I game better than you game. GameStop has been for console players. I mean, like almost exclusively mm-hmm. for yeah. for so long, and I I think this is a very smart market to tap into. Now, PC gaming, the market, it's much less software based, much more hardware based. So there's there's a bit of an investment there, but like the idea that I could go to someplace other than like Best Buy to buy a PC component, mm-hmm. that's kind of appealing to me because right now Best Buy is the only one that I can actually think of. And name, so like fries, I, I think this is a smart move. Maybe. And what if game? Because look, another thing too, and then we will have to go, but we'll we will have an offline extended segment um, where you will be able to get on our Patreon, and then we're going to think later on the delayed release, if anything. Now, um, oh man, I had a point before I was going to go into the. Oh, I was going to say, um, where we're like Best Buy, you just go in and. Uh, buy it and then like there's no help after that um with gamestop what they could also do not only do they help you out with what you buy but the same way that you have a lot of people complaining now that do custom pcs that they pretty much have to um maybe buy it pre-built now to afford the gpus if gamestop can make a deal the same way these pre-built companies get deals to get first dibs on these GPUs, but now you can reliably go to GameStop to have GPUs, but 
the caveat may be that, hey, you get dibs if you build your PC with us. Yeah. That'll be a game changer, too, because then it's no longer like you're having to go through auctions to get the latest GPU because you have so many scalpers trying to mine Bitcoin, you know? Yeah. There's, Absolutely. There's more news to cover, but we will be going into our extended session here soon, and it's going to be uh, called Expansion Pack. For any time we have more to say, we won't be able to do it for every single episode. There's definitely more to get into, maybe even more risque stuff to get into about the Six Dates Fallujah stuff. I mean, we may break down what six dates in Fallujah game could look like. <laughs> but in like in a positive way, not just meme way, but like legit. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe be looking forward to that in the expansion pack, six states in Fallujah and uh, other gaming news. So, so right now the plan is that this is going to be available immediately to Patreon members for, for kind of extended podcast points. Yes. Um, and possibly a release at a later date for non-Patreon members. Mm-hmm. It's just, we like, um, I don't know yet if it's going to be like Wednesday or the week after, or if we will release a batch of four a month at the end of the month. That might be the way we do it. It's undecided. We just got to s- see how it goes. Again, thanks for those who showed up today. Uh, the chat wasn't very talkative, but probably because we had plenty to say, but I did see the see that you guys were there in the list, so I appreciate you being there. Um, know that you're always welcome to offer any feedback or your points. You can express them. We will stop what we're saying to read your point out. It's always welcome. Again, thanks for being here, and we will see you guys again next week.